0: The hundreds chart is an amazing tool for building number sense. I'm going to talk to you about how you can use it in morning meeting, how you can use it at centers, how you can use it for problem solving. The possibilities really are endless and stay tuned for the end for something I didn't even know about until I was doing research for this episode. Hello and welcome to Making Number Sense, Make Sense, a podcast for elementary teachers, specifically early elementary teachers, looking to really make an impact in the number sense of their students. Going to start off with my hundreds chart journey. So when I first started, I had the hundreds chart pocket chart. We had it color coded so all of the first row was red, all of the second one was yellow, My team liked everything rainbow colored, so I was like, cool. And they told me, all right, flip them all over, and each day, each day of school, you flip one over, and it creates some mystery around what the next number is. You can talk about the number. I was like, cool. I did it, liked it, and that was kind of the end of it. I didn't really do that much with the hundreds chart. Fast forward, I asked the kids if they had any questions about the hundreds chart. And they had some really interesting questions. They asked me things like, well, why are all of those numbers red? Why do all of those numbers end in twos? Why do all of those numbers start with one? And then they really started to notice things about the hundreds chart that I didn't necessarily point out. But because they were seeing it so much, they started to be curious about it. And then I was like, this is really a tool I need to look more into and really utilize more. And so in using it and counting, you know, when you're working with younger kids, like you might be working on counting to 10, working on counting to 20. And for a kid, they know that 20 is a big number because they've been working on counting to 20. That seems like a really big number. 100 seems like a huge number, but they don't necessarily understand how much bigger 100 is than 20. And that's because they don't necess- they haven't necessarily built up that relationship yet. So when they're looking at a hundreds chart and working with numbers that way, they can see how many, they can physically see how many more rows it is. Not that they need to be able to count 100 objects yet in kindergarten, but they can start to see it. They start to see patterns in the hundreds chart and you can really leverage that curiosity with centers and morning meeting games and problem-solving activities to develop a great number sense. So some things that you can do in your morning meeting to work with the 100s chart is counting around the circle to 100. So that with, for this activity, the first student starts counting one, the next student starts counting too. I would be careful with this one though because if student gets nervous, they might forget. You're going to want to decide how much help you want to offer or if that's something you want to reserve for maybe a smaller group of kids versus a larger group of kids. Along the counting route, you can do like group counting that we choral count together from one to 100. It can also take a long time. You might want to Spice it up a little by doing some movement counting in there. So you do the same movement from one to 10 and then do a different movement from 11 to 20. So you might be jumping from one to 10. You might be clapping from 11 to 20. You might be hula hooping with not a real hula hoop, just making the motion or maybe pretending you're throwing a basketball from 20 to 30 to keep it fresh, get the kids moving, but also have them hearing what the numbers sound like when you count that high. One thing I will say about rote counting is it's very good for students to be hearing what numbers sound like. However, you do want to keep an eye out for students who are not necessarily participating in the actual choral count because those are the students who probably need it the most and might feel nervous about counting, even if it's chorally and might not be doing it. So that's when a choral count can really come in handy, can really be Helpful. I'll leave a link to my blog post and podcast episode about coral counting specifically, but that's great on honing in on tricky number sequences or when you want to highlight a specific number pattern. Coral counting is a great number sense routine to use for that purpose. A really easy game is guess my number. So for guess my number, you can say to your kids, I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 100. I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 20. And kind of like a 20 questions type thing, they can ask you what your number is. So they might say, is it 50? Is it 100? And those quickly realize that asking just random numbers is not a great way to figure out what your number is, especially if they're working for with numbers to 100. What you might encourage them to do or what they might realize is it might be a more efficient strategy to say, well, does your number end in a zero? Is your number bigger than 50? Is your number smaller than 20? And then from there, they can really start to eliminate numbers that don't fit that criteria. And if you do have a hundreds pocket chart, you can even turn around the numbers that don't fit that criteria for them. So they can start to see the numbers that are left that game is a lot of fun to play too. You can even play that in the hall if you're waiting for special, if you're waiting for recess, if you're waiting in between lunch and recess. Even if you don't have a hundreds chart, they can still get the same idea, especially if they've played that game before or done that activity before, to start to think about numbers in relation to each other. As far as problem solving with the hundreds chart, I created a A series of hundreds chart problems called the hundreds chart thief and in it there are several different thieves who steal the numbers in a different pattern so the first one I will link below that you can get for free and in it this thief steals his numbers in a pattern that kind of looks like the ten more ten less and number before and after pattern so the kids will get one or two numbers left and then the kids have to figure out what the other missing numbers are and that problem is already thin sliced with the other pieces of the puzzle that he's taken and check your understanding problems already so they can try and get the numbers back that that thief has stolen. So I'll leave that link for you below. And in terms of centers and activities, there are so many things that you can do with the hundreds chart. I'm just going to give you some ideas. Hundreds chart puzzles are really simple. If you want to, you can just print out a hundreds chart and laminate it and then cut it up and have the kids put it back together. Now, the bigger the pieces, the easier it is. You can cut every single number and then it's literally a hundred piece puzzle that they can try and put back together. That will take them a while if you're working with younger kids, so beware of that, but you can definitely do that. To make it easier, you can just cut it up the columns or across the the rows and then you can start to make it a little more complicated, make the pieces smaller or larger. If you want to try and change the level of difficulty another game that you can play that kind of goes along with the 100 Tart puzzle is called missing numbers spin and fill and for that one they have two spinners they have a 10s spinner and a ones spinner so they would spin one of the 10s so say they got 50 and they would move their spinner over and spin one of the ones so say they got 51. So they would put 51 wherever they want in the little puzzle and then they have to figure out what the other numbers would be around it in that little puzzle piece and they can write it on a recording sheet if you want the kids to do that and then they would erase it if you have it in a dry erase sleeve or you laminated it and move on and there's lots of different puzzle piece arrangements they can do and that again is really good for having them think about where the numbers go and it starts to really work with place value too, like what goes in the tens place and what goes in the ones place. And if you're looking for something even less prep, there's also tons of no prep recording sheets or no prep worksheets that you can use just filling in the hundreds chart. I wouldn't do those all of the time, but if you need something quick, that's something you can definitely do. And as promised, my bonus when I was doing my research on the hundreds chart to see if there's anything big I was missing, I came across this little factoid, I guess, about the hundreds chart. Did you know that if you draw a rectangle on any point of the hundreds chart and add the two numbers, in the corners on the diagonal, then they'll both equal the same number. So if I drew a rectangle around 1, 2, 3, 13, 23, 22, 21, and 11, if I add on the diagonal, so if I add one and 23, it equals 24. And if I add three and 21, it also equals 24. Any rectangle you draw on the hundreds chart will have the same effect. So say I did a bigger one. If I did one seven and then 27 to 21 and back one plus 27 is 28, seven plus 21 is also 28. It works every time. And I had never thought about that before. I never noticed that before. And I was like, no way. You might've known that before, I didn't. I would love for you to ask your students why they think that is and see what responses they get. I just thought it was really interesting and never seen it before. And I wonder what theories they might have. And feel free to send me a message on Instagram and let me know what they say. I hope this gave you some ideas of how to use your Hunter's chart, And I hope that you use it more if you hadn't been using it yet.